Good evening, church. I hear Doug back there. Good evening, church. Welcome to Journey. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, we want to start the service today uh, with a few positive notes. If you look on the screen here, uh, we've got a couple of photos here from uh, something that happened yesterday. Uh, go, go ahead and throw that first picture up there. Uh, Journey volunteers took our uh, newspapers and blankets to the animal shelter. You'll see three of those there. Uh, that is what you guys gave. Uh, that's what you guys gave with newspapers and stuff. Yeah, round of applause for that for sure. Thank you for doing that. And then we've also got the kids here. Uh, this happened last weekend during class. They packed those Valentine's goodie bags. So now you know they can get to work. They can clean their room. There's no excuse now because they did this and they did a great job with it. So uh, thank you to our kids for doing that. Thank you for everyone that brought in Valentine's and candy for that too. Uh, really awesome to see that uh, happen. So we were able to deliver the first half of these uh, to the first nursing home. The others will be delivered sometime, maybe Monday or Tuesday. Uh, but thank you all for doing that. Uh, way to start the service with uh, two positive notes. Yeah, round of applause for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we do believe that we're better together in small groups of people, and we've got small groups that are meeting every single week. You can find more information over at Guest Services with a volunteer behind that desk. Uh, you can also comment groups on this live stream if you're watching with us today. Uh, join us tomorrow night uh, for the big game. Uh, I'm rooting the 49ers. If you're rooting for the Chiefs, you might be able to uh, sit outside. You might find a spot in the parking lot there. So uh, we're rooting for the 49ers tomorrow, but we're catering Raising Cane's tomorrow. Uh, this is for Journey students, 6th through 12th grade. But even if you're not a Journey student and just want to come and watch some football with us, uh, it'll be a lot of fun. So we're starting at 6 o'clock uh, playing commercial bingo. Got a couple of other fun things planned for that too. Uh, but join us tomorrow as we watch the big game together. Discover Journey is scheduled uh, for Sunday, March 17th, following Sunday service. Uh, this is for newer people at Journey, and it gives us about an hour to open up our playbook uh, to new people here at Journey and just talk about our identity as a church. Uh, we go over our core values, why we do what we do in our community, and it's a great time to just kind of listen in and get to know us a little bit more, and uh, we get to know you as well. Uh, letters are going to be sent out here in a couple weeks, uh, so be on the lookout for that if you're part of that Discover Journey crowd. And we're so excited for Easter as well. And we hope that the groundhog is right, <laughs> that spring does come early. Uh, but we're excited uh, for you and your family to join us here at Journey. So join us Saturday, uh, March 30th at 6, and Sunday, March 31st at 1030 as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus together. Amen. Now, we're not going to waste too much time. we got a great series for the next three weeks coming up called Zip It. Say Zip It. Sometimes the best thing that we can do is just sit back and zip it. And today we're going to talk about containing complaining. Let's go ahead and get started. Guys, I tell you what, I'm not sure what's on your mind, but uh, sure glad you're here. And uh, we can really be a mess sometimes. All of us can be a hot mess. We are just people, and God is so good, 
He really does care. He really does work with us. Sometimes we can be happy and mad and we can be sad and glad and it can be all in the same day. <laughs> it's kind of crazy how it is. Our emotions, we have so many different emotions. Sometimes they happen within the same hour. Uh, frustration and fear and disappointment and uh, despair. It, it could be just about anything in the world. And uh, sometimes, uh, you know, we sometimes wish that, you know, we could just, uh, we could do something else. And one of my friends, let me give a shout out to Paul, one of my friends in Texas. I just saw, Paul, that you posted on your Facebook page something that I thought was kind of cute. And uh, so let me read that. My, my friend Paul posted this, I want to be a billy goat. And I thought, you know, he's got something there. He says, I want to be a billy goat and jump around randomly. I want to eat what I want, and I want to headbutt anybody that annoys me. I want to be a billy goat. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, we are just crazy people. And, and God is so good. And sometimes you have to get a better perspective. Because the one that we're using sometimes gets jaded a bit by my team lost. Or, you know, my, uh, my, my money ran out. Or the people that I invited, they didn't come. Where are they at? Or whatever our disappointment in life might be. So as we begin talking about this three-week series called uh, Complaining, we're also going to talk about how sometimes we can have a critical spirit. That's next week. Not, not only do we sometimes complain a lot, uh, about things that we really don't control, we can also we can end up becoming such a, a critic in the crowd. And then the third weekend, we're going to just talk about how sometimes we let our words get us into trouble because we talk too much about things that are none of our business, and it ends up becoming just a lot of gossip. Say gossip? So all of those things that we do because we're all just people, and people are a hot mess sometimes, we're a mess sometimes, and the truth is, God is still for us. I mean, you're, you're not set aside because you're struggling with your mouth or your tongue, but God really does want us to improve. And so in this first lesson on complaining and finding a better perspective, I want to start with this verse, which is kind of the foundational verse uh, that's here in Philippians chapter 2. So why don't we put that on the, we'll put that on the screen, and, and I want you guys to kind of read this out loud with me. There's not... You know, maybe you can read that if you'd like, but let's read it out loud. So starting in verse 14, do everything without complaining, you keep reading or arguing so that you may become children of God in which you shine. All right, so just let that, let that sit there for a minute. Some of you caught on and you were reading with me. Do everything without complaining or arguing. You, you know, when I read this, when I read it for the message this weekend, I thought, you got to be kidding me. you got to be kidding me, God. The Apostle Paul who wrote this to the Philippian church and to Philippians and Philippi and all of us who follow Jesus, I thought to myself, my first thought was, you got to be kidding. Do everything? Have you been to Walmart lately, Jesus? Have you actually gone and stood in line with other people who are crazy? Say, crazy? I'm telling you, my first thought was, as a human being, 
You've got to be kidding me, God. Surely to goodness you're not asking us to do everything. I mean, 90% of the things without complaining or, you know, some kind of percentage. But but trying to do everything seems impossible. And it really is impossible because we're people without Jesus to help us. Say amen. amen. So you know what we end up doing? All of us end up being a bunch of flip-floppers. You're a flip-flopper. So am I. Your perspective I'm telling you, that's what happens to us because we're all just people. We're just these, we're flip-floppers who like to say, I live at Green Acres. I got big, healthy cows and calves. I got green, thick grass. I got smart kids. They're geniuses. I live in Green Acres until something happens, some circumstances change. And then we live in belly acres. <laughs> My cows look skinny. My grass is not growing. My kid got a C minus. <laughs> Say amen. amen. You are a flip flopper, and so am I. And I, I'm telling you, we need a little help, and it all is something that God will help us with. But it's finding a new perspective, and it really does, it begins with a heart issue that we all have. It really has to do with our heart. Our words reveal the condition of our heart is what the Bible says. And Jesus says when we gain a new perspective and we learn to do everything without complaining, because we're such flip-floppers, when circumstances change, we, we sound like negative Nancy. And the, the only way to help that is that we work on our heart. It's a heart issue, guys. We have a heart condition because we're all just people. So Matthew chapter 12, here's another verse I want you to see on the screen. Another really good verse about our perspective and how we can be flip-floppers and how we just want to try to be a billy goat instead of a human being. <laughs> and uh, it's the way it is. For out of the overflow of... The heart and the mouth, the mouth speaks. Something comes out of there, not, not always something very good. Verse 35, the good man brings good things out of the good that's stored up in him, and the evil man brings out evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken Jesus says, verse 37, for by your words, you will be acquitted. You'll be given grace. Man, aren't you glad for grace? Say amen. amen. We all need to grab some grace. For by your words, you will be acquitted. And by your words, you will also be held accountable. And so it really is important that we learn how to sometimes just zip it before we get into trouble, especially when it comes to complaining. And it's just, you know, it it's hard to do, guys. And unless Jesus helps us, we're probably going to fail. And Jesus has to help us work on our heart issues. And sometimes it doesn't sound like a complaint. It's just frustration. <laughs> I'm telling you, sometimes it doesn't sound to us like a complaint. It's just frustration. Will he ever get it? Will she ever learn? You know, 
we, we have, you know, it's some kind of chronic situation in your personal life. And you're trying your best to not be a flip-flopper here, you know, and want to be a billy goat and butt somebody's head because they're just about to annoy you to death. But the honest to goodness truth is we're just people and that God is good, man, he is good, and grace is for everyone, and Jesus changes everything. And so I'm teaching you online and in person this weekend about how we can all have hope and kind of laugh at ourselves and maybe even learn something at the same time. Amen? Maybe not take yourself so seriously, not be so tough on each other, and give each other a little room and space for your own personal flip-flop and somebody else's too. They're just having a bad day, a bad hour, or a bad moment. And if we can do that, it really does turn out that we are learning to be more like Jesus, which is what he's really after, and that we start containing our complaining and uh, improve, become a better human being, not, not a billy goat who just wants to butt heads with people who are no ass. Now, how do I do this? How do I get you guys thinking? Well, I've been doing a lot of reading after all these years of preaching, and I have discovered that Jesus knew what he was doing. Hi, right, guys. Jesus told a lot of stories. And, and the reason that he told a lot of stories was because people remember the stories long after he told a sermon. You guys won't remember half of what I've already said. Maybe very little of what I've already said. You might like the billy goat little story because that was cute. But the honest goodness truth is stories stick. And so I'm going to share four stories that's in the Bible about how we should change our hearts and we should do better because Jesus wants us all to do better. And I'm going to give you four examples of people in the Bible, just like you and I, who were flip-floppers at times too. And I, I want you to remember these stories because the stories will stick and you'll be thinking about these stories throughout the week that's coming ahead of you. When you leave here later and you go back out into your life wherever you are, Story's going to pop in your head like, yeah, I remember that preacher. He told us that story. He read it right out of the Bible, and I saw it on the screen. Oh, yeah, that story. So let me give you four stories in the Bible. And, and if you've read the Bible, these are familiar stories, but I want to use them in a way that maybe helps us apply them to ourselves. So here we go. Here we go. Here's, here's, here's kind of how I'm going to set the table for these four different Bible stories and you can turn it into your own kind of theory stuff if you want to make notes or whatever. But here, here, here's what it's going to look like for us containing some of our complaining by looking at some stories of other people like us in the Bible. So the first lesson's in Numbers chapter 11, the first story, and it's the story with Moses and the Israelites, and they were in the wilderness, and it's... The complaint of the same old manna. That was their complaint. It's the same old stuff. Say, same old stuff? That happens to us so many times. Same old stuff. Man, I've heard that sermon. I've been to that church. I've, whatever, you know. It's the same old stuff. And so the Israelites and Moses got themselves into a pickle. And here's what happened. 
God promised that they were going to go to the promised land. He says, I'm going to get you out of Egypt and you're, you're going to get away from slavery and Pharaoh and all the bad guys. And he kept his promise, but his family began to, they began to complain a lot. They complained about just about everything. And they really complained about the menu. They didn't like much of the menu. They didn't like the kind of food they had to eat, you know. They got tired of eating this stuff that's called manna, which is, what is it in the Hebrew? In Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 2, do you know how long it would have taken them to get to the promised land if they just kept their mouth shut and they zipped it? About 11 days, Ira. They were that close. They were that close to the promised land. Some of you are that close right now to the promised land. They were at Kadesh Barnea, Barnea, and they were about 11 days from crossing the Jordan and, and going into Canaan and, and being where God said, I'm taking you. But because they kept griping and complaining about the food, God says, we're not going that way. And it took them 40 years later. 40 years later. Yeah, read Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 2, about 11 days. They were almost there. Some of you are almost there. Oh, I'm about ready to get my promotion at work. I'm about ready to get the job that I really need. I'm about ready to get the house that I've waited for. I'm about ready to get the woman or the guy that I've been dating. I'm about ready. I'm right there on the promised land. I've been praying so long. And you need to zip it. Stop complaining because God's working on it. And you might be just around the corner. Or it might be 40 years in the wilderness and, and, and all the older guys who complained, they died in the wilderness. They didn't get to go anyway. It was just the younger generation that went on in. Say amen. amen. Okay, you'll remember that. That preacher said they were, they were right on the threshold of their promised land and they started to bellyache. So do we. Some lessons take a lifetime to learn because God's going to change our heart. That's what, that's what he says he's after. If you're not going to change your heart in 11 days or this Easter or tonight in this service or tomorrow or online or in person or wherever you're, you're not going to change your heart, you're probably going to wander some more in the wilderness because God loves you so much. He wants you to have a better heart, and he's working on it. All right, so let me read this. Let me read some of this, Numbers chapter 11. I said I was going to read this part of it. Now the people complained about their hardships in the hearing of the Lord. That's a bad idea if you start talking. God's listening. And when he heard them, his anger was aroused. So you don't want to poke the bear. You don't ever want to poke the bear. So if you're... If your pop or your mom has had a really tough day and you're a kid and you got off the bus or you're sitting at the kitchen table and you start saying th some things, maybe you oughtn't ought to do that. You might ought to just zip your complaining, whatever it was about, because God was listening and you really don't want to get God listening if you're doing a lot of complaining. Then fire from the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp. Scorched earth time, you know, God can do anything. When the people cried out to Moses, he prayed to the Lord, and then the fire died down. So that place was called Tabira. It is uh, kind of like putting a sign up somewhere, ground is hot. 
stay, stay away from here because the fire from the Lord had burned among them. When God gets mad and angry, you'd better get out, you'd better get out of the way. Verse 4, the rabble, there's always a rabble with them that began to stir up problems, began to complain, began to bellyache. You probably ride around with some of them. You probably work with some of them. You probably should move over to the other aisle somewhere and get away from them because the rabble with them and us began to crave other food. And again, the Israelites started wailing and saying, if only we had meat to eat. We, we remember the fish that we ate in Egypt at no cost. At no cost. Well, sure. Jail food is free. You want to go back to jail and eat free food? Yeah. That's great, guys. You were prisoners. Right? Say amen. What's wrong with us? I mean, tell you, we're flip-floppers. We had this food in Egypt. We ate it at no cost. Also the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now we've lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. So these guys in the story about Moses and the Israelites, they needed a new perspective. They needed to stop complaining about their veggie burgers, about their little crackers that were appearing every day on a rock that God was providing for 40 years every morning. Be grateful that you're not a slave, guys. You're not working in Egypt any longer. Quit complaining about that old job that you think is a no-good job. Sometimes we need a new perspective, and we need to change our heart to get a new perspective. Say amen. amen. Okay, you got it. That's it. That's that's that story. So uh, instead of talking about my house is small or my clothes are not new or my car is not shiny or my hair is too thin or my middle is too round, maybe we just get a new perspective. Say, new perspective? And quit complaining and be glad that you're alive and every day is a gift. And you did get another marble out of the jar and it's not over yet. Here's the second story. I said there's four. Let me give you another one. Remember, they're all about the heart issue. And this one is the one in Matthew chapter 26. It's called the expensive perfume. Yeah, this is the one that Jesus tells us about that his finance team or his, uh, his the guy that counts all the beans... In, in the offering plate, the guy that, that deposits the money. It was Judas who was throwing a hissy fit about the amount of money that was getting spent on this gift for Jesus. And he was very smart, and he was a good uh, money keeper, but he was sometimes too good, and his, pers his perspective was a bit shifted in the wrong direction because he was aware that what this woman was doing, this expensive perfume, was about a year's worth of wages, which was about 365 bucks in the Bible at that time. And, and the perfume bottle was, was being given by this loose woman that Jesus had just forgiven for her, you know, her actions and her behavior. And so his disciples were not very happy about that. They missed the point. They missed the force for the tree. So Jesus said the gift, really, that she gives is what's more important than you're complaining about how much it cost. And they they needed to have a new perspective. Sometimes we get so uptight. Say uptight. Did you pay the electric bill? Where was where is that twenty dollars? Did you, you know we start getting pretty nervous about the middle of the month or the end of the month, and we ask each other. We start 
well, why are you still buying all them shoes anyway? You don't need all them shoes. How many shoes can you wear every day? I mean, we start asking all these kind of questions. and It's like the disciples who saw this perfume, this extravagant gift that was given a year's worth of wages, and in that time, $365 worth a whole lot of money. You guys were smiling out here, but I'm telling you, you flip-floppers, you do the same thing. You need a new perspective. Amen? Women buy a closet full of shoes, and you wonder, they're never going to wear them. They cost 20 bucks a piece or something, $40 a piece. You go buy some crazy truck or car or boat, and it costs $10,000. Yeah, they buy shoes while you buy some big ticket, and they're like, yeah, what are you, are you crazy, man? We don't need another boat in the barn. But we're crazy, all of us, as people sometimes, and God loves us anyway. Oh, they're looking at each other in the room tonight. I know you guys at home on this camera are looking around somebody in the kitchen table right now. God, God understands us. I hope you go to the Super Bowl tomorrow. God understands us. Jesus is going to be there. There, There's some commercials again about he gets us. You need to pay attention. I hope 350 million people get to pay attention. Not to Taylor Swift and where she parkered yet. Come on. You need to pay attention. 350 million people need to pay attention that God really gets us and that we're a bunch of belly acres and flip-floppers and he loves us anyway and you sure don't deserve it, but he does it anyhow. Amen? Amen. Everybody needs to realize this. And so these guys who were his disciples were complaining about the money and they were pitching the fit about how much money got spent. And sometimes it's just, it is, it happens to all of us and and so sometimes you, you can't put a dollar figure on what you might be able to do with God, for God, and just loving God. So Matthew chapter 26, verse 8, 9, and 10, the expensive perfume. When the disciples saw this, that this loose woman was pouring this expensive perfume all over the place, they were indignant. Why waste this, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price, and the money could have been given to the poor. You could put it in an offering plate. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, flip-flopper, why are you bothering this woman? She's done a beautiful thing. Now, Matthew chapter 26 is toward the end of Jesus' ministry. He's about to get arrested. And he's about to be crucified for all of us. Hmm. It wasn't as much about the money in this story as it was this sinful woman who hit a nerve. She was truly grateful that Jesus had changed her heart and her life forever. And the people that should have known, the disciples, were complaining and critical because they didn't think of it first. Big gifts, little gifts, whatever it is that you got for Jesus, whatever 
somebody shares, don't call somebody stupid for doing something that they gave because they're grateful to God. So it is. God is for everyone. Tight wads, the disciples, and lost, loose women like this lady who came to a relationship with Jesus. I'm just saying, find a new perspective. God is for people like us, all of us. Here's the third story. There's the, there's the disciples and Jesus, there's Moses and the Israelites, and then there's this story here. Again, it's a heart issue. It's about sometimes we get overwhelmed because we don't feel like our friends and family are pulling their share of the load. Uh, it's, it's when you feel overwhelmed that you complain the most. You're trying to do too much. You've diluted your brain power. You think that you can still multitask, even though I told you last week that a psychologist who is brilliant in Los Angeles, California, says that's a joke. You don't multitask. You multi-switch. You're still believing that you're right and he's wrong. You're doing too much. And because you're doing too much, you're overwhelmed and you're complaining about things because you're a flip-flopper. And that's what they were doing in this story. They were sisters. Mary and Martha hosting Jesus for brunch. And Martha begins to wig out because, because Mary's not helping out in the kitchen. Let's read it. It's a hard issue. Exhausted, Martha. You've diluted your brain power. Trying to do too much. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made in the kitchen. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care? We feel like victims Nobody cares. That's what we that's what we do. We plead this case like we play like the victim. And we begin to complain. Don't you care, Lord, that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Verse forty one Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, You are worried and upset about many things. You get all worked up. Jesus says, we get so worked up. Companies come in the house. Man, you make everybody take a bath, throw stuff away, hide it in the closet. Get up, get up, get up. Here they come. Here comes the preacher. He's good grief. But only one thing really is needed. Mary has chosen what is better. What is better? People matter most. Listen to Jesus. Amen. Yeah, even more more so than your house is clean or not. You don't have to be Martha Stewart in the kitchen. She's chosen what is better, and it will it will not be taken from her, from her. So, when you begin to complain, we we get really loud. And for ladies, it's probably in our house when we have house guests. Get your feet down off of that table. <laughs> 
pick those dirty socks up? I don't know. Pro- probably it's for ladies that we we flip-flop too much. We get too frazzled. We enjoy the company that we get, but we need a new perspective. Uh, or, or we really do become, we feel like I'm a victim. Um, and if you're a guy, I don't know if I can... Probably, if you're a guy, you probably get frazzled if everybody's got your phone number and everybody's giving it out and seem like everybody's calling you to fix something because you know how to fix something. Oh, I can drive a hammer. I can drive a nail. I can build a house. I can build a barn. I can be a plumber. I can, yeah, and everybody knows you, and they got you on speed dial, and you're like blowing up. Say, blowing up? <laughs> I'm going to throw this phone in the river. <laughs> Yeah, we get all frazzled, like the ladies get frazzled. I'm just saying, that's the truth. And uh, we just wish we weren't the victim. So we, we need a new perspective. It's a heart issue. It's not about the phone or the phone number that gets shared around town. You just have to become more disciplined and ask for wisdom about who to tell no. You don't have to be grumpy. You just tell them no. I can't do everything. I'm not Jesus. So, better idea. So, there's three stories. You want one more? Say amen. I hope you had not forgot the first three. Here's here's the last one. Here's here's number four. And this is a good one, too. You'll probably, this one will probably be a good one for you to think about all week long. There's sometimes our perspective needs to change when we're a worshiping prisoner. You end up in the caboose somewhere. You got locked up. Uh, here's the setup. Paul and Silas, there are two guys in the Bible. Paul and Silas made jail their church. They figured that if I'm going to go to jail, I might as well talk to somebody about what, what happened and how I got here. And so Paul and si- Silas decided to do a little ministry and mission work and start preaching about Jesus. And, well, the local leaders told them to stop doing that. You're getting everybody all riled up talking about this Jesus. And they, they said, well, we can't stop talking about Jesus. He is for everybody. And so they said, if you don't stop talking about this Jesus, we're going to have you put in jail. And so they did. They arrested him because they could. They put him in jail and stripped him down naked. And, you know, they, they got a big stick and, and whacked on him a few times, beat him up, roughed him up, and threw him in. They threw him in jail because they could. Acts chapter 16, verse 25, look at this. About midnight, after they'd been roughed up and cussed about and everything else shoved around, and they, they were put into the prison, the dungeon, and, and they're midnight now, they're, they're praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners began to listen. I'll bet you when you went to jail, you didn't think about praying and singing in jail. <laughs> I bet you that's not what happened. I talked to a lot of people. I've even taken people communion in jail, brother and sister. I've looked through the bars on the other side and slid it through. Say amen? Most of us, when we get in that situation, we done flip-flopped and we need a new perspective and our heart isn't changing and we've done something wrong that we got arrested for. Sometimes you get arrested and it was not your fault. Like these guys really talking about Jesus was a good thing. But even a good thing sometimes, because authorities had the power to do this, they had them arrested. And because it happened that way and they've been there and roughed up and it's midnight and the civil authorities can't believe it, 
these jailbirds are not complaining like all the other jailhouse guys about the food and the hard bunks. Paul and Silas begin to sing and pray and worship, and it's really a pretty weird story. It really is a pretty weird, weird story. And it gets even more weird. While the prison church is rocking at midnight, because these two guys that got thrown in jail and got beat up, roughed up, God miraculously shakes down the whole place. The jailhouse walls, there's an earthquake and all the cell doors fly open and all the prisoners are able to walk out free. But what's crazy and weird about this story is because they've been preaching and singing about God and about Jesus for everybody, even all you guys that locked us up and beat us up, no, nobody leaves. Nobody leaves and runs to get out of jail. It's, it really is weird. When church is over and we say the last amen, man, you're hitting that door out there. Right there, you're hitting that door. You're gone. Say, gone? It don't take 60 seconds. You're gone. These guys had been in jail. They'd been beat up and roughed up and arrested, and they're singing and praising about God and everybody else who's participated in a bad way. Now they're, they're joined in, and... They're not leaving. Look at verse 26. Suddenly, after midnight and a crowder song, I guess, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open. That's not normal. And everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. If you lose your prisoner, they're going to kill you. But Paul said, hey, whoa, stop. Don't harm yourself. We're all here. We didn't go anywhere. That's weird. These are not normal prisoners. These are guys that follow Jesus. If you stop complaining when you go back to work on Monday, if you zip it and say, I'm not going to be a flip-flopper about all this nonsense that I get and argue with my husband or my wife over, it's just a bunch of nonsense. People are going to say, what's wrong with you? The jailer called for the lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas, the guy that was had the sword and the key to the jail. He surrenders to these dudes that he just mugged and beat up with the mob and that is really weird. Verse 30, he then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Some of you should get baptized on Easter. We're going to have baptisms on Easter. We need to refresh the water. Some of you should tell your friends that they need to get baptized. Some of you need to get baptized. Ricochet evangelism. You might not even been planning on it, but man, I'm telling you, what must we do to be saved, they ask. They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in the house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. The guy that actually beat them up cleaned them up. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them, and, and he was and his family were baptized, all of his family, after cleaning them up. Verse 34 Amazing what God does. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them, and he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. God can do the impossible. I'm telling you, even people that hate each other, neighbors that hate each other, neighbors that, you're, whatever it is, your boring marriage, your dead-end job, whatever it is, your problems that you have, 
it may just be the kind of place that God's going to break out and do some weird stuff when you get a new perspective and stop complaining. It's really how it works. So here's three positive promises. If you'll pray tonight to God and continue to pray for a new heart and a new perspective, because that's got to go together. Here's three positive promises as we all try to engage a new perspective. And so you can jot this down to help fill out the rest of your notes. It is a challenge that we don't end up just being flip-floppers, but uh, God wants to change your heart so that we become more consistent and we complain less. So here's three suggestions, promises. When our heart begins to change, I will not hang out with negative people. I'm going to stop that. Put that down. Look up there on the screen. Write it down. Do something. Put it on your forehead or something. I don't care. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. So get rid of those guys who are negative and get better friends. That's when your heart changes and when you have a new perspective, you're going to hang out with different people. Here's number two. I will speak the words of life. Instead of tearing people down, instead of being negative, you're going to build things up. The tongue has the power of life and death. And so you're going to begin to be more positive if your heart begins to be changed. Here's number three. I will be thankful for what I already have instead of complaining what, what I wish I had. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So stop freaking out because it's a bad hair day. Amen? Amen. If you got a hair at all, on t or if you ain't got any, you got a nice-looking hat, just pull it on down. It is, be happy you got a hat. That's I'm telling you guys, this is the truth. So here's the bottom line. The bottom line is, what do your words say about your heart? Now, don't leave that too quick before we take communion. Doug's going to help us pass communion, and we're going to take communion. But before we get there, don't leave that too quick. What do your words say about your heart? You need to get your heart straightened up. He gets us. God gets us. He's going to be at the Super Bowl. Jesus is going to have a message for 350 million people to hear that God really is for everybody. White people and black people and Asian people and Indian people and people from other countries and people that speak different languages and people that just got out of jail and people that are still in jail and people who are addicts, people who are hypochondriacs narcissistic people all about themselves there is a message for all of us that he gets us that even if we act like a billy goat and we want to butt heads with everybody that annoys us we need to be human we really we really do need to be more human and more like Jesus even though it's hard and we need to transform our heart consequently you are no longer foreigners and aliens but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household 
you're not no longer an outsider because of Jesus if you have a relationship with Jesus you are invited to the party you are forgiven because of his grace not because you earned it or deserve it or because you told everybody that you live in green acres instead of belly acres not anything you did it's what he did the bread and the cup let me pray God, I pray for amazing, impossible kind of things to happen this weekend in the whole world. This football game, this, this big game they talk about, this place where a lot of people will be in person and maybe 350 million people around the world watching different places, maybe more than that. It'll be a chance for a different message, an alternative message, a unique message, a message that has hope and help and a message about learning to laugh at ourselves and learn to change ourselves with your help and changing our hearts that we might not complain and we might actually learn how to help others do the same. God, forgive us now for the things that's already happened today or this week, but may we start brand new right now. May we start with a clean slate, an opportunity to really zip it and stop being such a complainer and flip-flopper when circumstances change. Give us the heart to do that because Jesus and His heart and the Holy Spirit lives in us. In His name, amen. Drop the cup in the basket and put your offering in the plate. And then if you want to share something there also with us in the Tide Jug, we'll share that with others too. Thank you guys. Thank you online. And come back and join us. Have a great weekend. And check out that He Gets Us ad in the Super Bowl tomorrow. And uh, let's come back next time. Let's talk about it. Let's stand. You guys, let's stand.